Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Here he is, the man with the plan. Send a picture of your cute little baby. We'll celebrate him. And if you're getting baptized or dedicated, just be here at 1030 next week. All right? So, Sam, I love it. It was like you're floating up there. It's pretty cool. Now, was Amy telling you, talk slow? Yes. Yeah, I could tell. I was like, all right, he's working on that. So, hey, good stuff, right? How many enjoyed worship today? I was so close to just doing a totally different plan. Um, let, let, me, let me go from, from, from this. L last week I felt like there was something that was just like uh, super deep, super natural, and uh, just really amazing. So last week I talked about the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption, okay? And uh, we did an impartation of the spirit of adoption. And I just feel like that's still heavy here. And I feel there's some still things lingering that I need to press into that a little more. So we're going to actually continue week two of the spirit of adoption. But I, what, I, what I really want to start with is Nicole was talking about the, that, that song. And it was God um, choose, chose you. Like, like he's like, no matter what I know, no matter what I don't know, I choose you. And, and what, what I'm here to tell you is no matter what you know, no matter what you don't know, he chose you. Like, I want you to know that, that he chose you. And, and the thing about adoption is it's actually more powerful than natural birth. And the cool thing is with God, you actually get both because he created you. He gave you the gift of your natural birth here and, and gifting you to the earth, gifting you to the kingdom, gifting you to the people around you. And it says that he called you by name. He numbered the hairs on your head. He crafted you. He handmade you and put you in your mother's womb. And he knew you before the beginning of time. So he gave you the natural birth. But then through Jesus coming to the earth... Now, so God loved us so much that he, he sent his son to die in our place, to die a price and to pay a sentence that he didn't deserve. He who knew no sin took on all sin. He didn't deserve it, but he gave it. And here's the thing. So then we get to what we went into last week with Galatians 4 and Romans 8. And it says that we, were, we, were, we actually have the spirit of adoption. And, and here's, let me, let me, let's just read it. Romans 4, 4 through 7 says this. But when the fullness of the time had come... How many know that God wants the fullness for you? Like he doesn't want to just partially give you just a piece of the kingdom. He doesn't want to just give you just a little bit. He died all the way on the cross. He was broken so you could be whole. And not just that you can make it into eternity for, for a heaven ticket, but also heaven can also make it into you. John 10.10 10 says that he, he came to give life and what? Life abundantly. He didn't just come to this earth and die on the cross so that you could just make it into heaven one day. What a glorious day that will be. He came and died on a cross to connect you back to an eternal family to be a really good daddy. To be your best friend. To be your prince of peace. To actually to also get heaven into you so that you can walk life abundantly here on the earth. So here we get to this place, and it's just, it's the fullness. It said, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were still under the law. Wouldn't that preach for Christmas? And then it says that we might receive the adoption as sons. 
the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, Daddy. And it says this, therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, then an heir through Christ. An heir means that all of what heaven is, all of what heaven has to offer, now I have a right, a legal right to. So let me talk about the spirit of adoption. It says that his spirit comes into our spirit, the spirit of adoption. So it's actually an impartation. It's a spiritual thing. It's not just information. It's not just a revelation. It's an impartation that leads to transformation. Listen, when we can understand who we are and whose we are, all of a sudden we no longer see God as just a judge. We no longer see God as just a creator. We see him as Abba. We see him as daddy. We see him as savior. We see him as friend. We see him as the great I am. We see him as the beginning and the end, the prince of peace, the mighty one. And we can go on and on and on with 595 titles of his nature. If we want to know his will, we we look at his nature. If we want to know his nature, what does he call himself? For every giant, every circumstance, every issue you're facing, God has a name for. God has a solution for so all of a sudden we, we get to this place and, and here's with adoption, it's, it's actually he chose you. When you go through a legal process and you go through the, 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 the legal paperwork and then the judge sits there and, and what's happening is I remember we, we had a nephew get adopted and we're sitting there and our whole family is, is in front of a judge in this court chambers and that judge is asking every single family member, do you agree to support this? Do you agree to raise this child? Do you agree to help and to love this child? And all of a sudden, we all say yes, and she brings down the gavel. I declare that this child's name is now this. I declare that this, is, you know, and now it's legal. Listen, here's the powerful thing about adoption is God chose you. He chose you not because, not because he just created you, not because like, you're, 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 you can offer something. He chose you simply because he loves you. He chose you simply because you're amazing and simply because he handcrafted you for such a time as this. He absolutely loves you. In your mess, in your mistakes, in your choices, in your issues, he loves you. In your circumstances, in your wrongs, in your sins, in your issues, and in, in, in all the craziness, in our false beliefs, in our lives that we partner with, he loves you. He absolutely loves you. He adores you. He chose you. Listen, I don't care, and he doesn't care what you've done or how long you've been there. He loves you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you any more or any less than he already does. He loves you. I'm here to tell you that he knew you before the beginning of time, before the foundations of the earth he created you, before the foundations of the earth he made you. He said, let us make man in our image. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they throw a party. He says, let us make man in our image. Let's make man to actually look like us and think like us and feel like us. Let's make man to actually feel our love and to experience our love and to be loved by us. Let us make man in our image. And we don't always look like it. We don't always act like it. But guess what? We were created with a destiny. We were created with a purpose. We were created for good things. We were created to exploit the Father. We were created to be loved by the Father and to love the Father. That's our destiny. Our destiny is to worship God. Our destiny is just to be loved. Last week we were talking about the prodigal son and in the hog pen, sometimes in our transitions and our messes, it creates this platform for us to actually have thankfulness. It creates this gratitude, it creates this experience that, that we're in this season, we're in between these seasons of brokenness and breakdowns to breakthroughs. 
And sometimes it looks messy and sometimes it's hard. And sometimes it's, it's, it's just crappy. Like seriously, he was in a hog pen with the waste of the pigs in a culture that they couldn't even eat pork. And he's coming to his senses. He's coming to his divine destiny. He's coming to his divine nature, his created nature, where he came to his senses. It says he came to himself. He came to his senses to realize the Father loves him. And he has this long walk, and he goes. And all of a sudden, he's lavished with the love of a father. I, I want to I start here in Matthew 7, 11. It says this. If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give, give, give good gifts to you? I, I told the, the 9 a.m. service, my dad, he, he loved us so well as children, and he always made sure we, we, we had our needs met. I didn't have the Super Nintendos and all that stuff, and I didn't have everything. I got a paper out, and eventually I bought a lot of stuff. But one thing my dad always made sure is that we had a family vacation and we had a good Christmas. And oftentimes he would work two, three, even sometimes a fourth job to make sure we had Christmas. There was four of us and, and my mom stayed at home to love and care for us. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. My dad, he actually at one point, right before Christmas, he would sell watches. Imitation Rolex and Gucci watches. He'd even have me sell them in my school to my teachers, and if I'd sell them, he'd give me five bucks a watch. My dad was an entrepreneur. Legal or not, I don't know. But he sold these imitation Rolex watches, and every watch he sold, he made 20, 25 bucks, and that became our Christmas every year. Now, now think about it. He may have even been doing something illegal. A father who is in sin can give us good gifts. Imagine what the heavenly father can do. I, I want to I speak on worth right now. Here, here's basically the thing. Last week, I just I felt this spirit of adoption thing, and I could not talk about it again. I don't, I don't know what the future holds with preaching, but I know for a few weeks in the Christmas season, we're going to be talking about identity and sonship and the greatest son on the planet named Jesus Christ. Amen. Who for 30 years, he walked in identity as a son so he could do three years of ministry to pay the greatest price for you and I to have eternal life. That's the greatest gift this Christmas is the son Jesus coming to the earth and demonstrating what it was to be a son and a daughter. Like he, he demonstrated what it was to be a child before he could be a father. And he connected us back to the father. So, so here's the deal. Imagine the gift. So, so here's a father who loves you. Here's a father that, that absolutely adores you. Let's go to 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the father has lavished us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. 1 John 3, 1, this is, this is a, an impactful verse in my life because I look at the punctuation after each of those statements and I see explanation points that say, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. We are children of God, that is what we are. And if you look at that, it's like, it's not only telling you that, it's like, boom, with emphasis, this is who you are. You're children of God. We've heard it say, said thousands of times, like he didn't, he didn't die for trash. He died because you're priceless. He didn't die to make you valuable. He died because of your value. Like, like that's the thing. You are worth something. You're not a nobody. You're not a misfit. You're not in the land of misfits. You're not. You're not the rejected toys that, that well, you'll just get through life now. 
Like you were called for such a time as this. And let me just tell you, I don't care what your past or your history says. God is only looking at your destiny, not your history. God is only looking in the, in the, in the, in the window forward, in the windshield. He's not checking out the rearview mirrors. That's only reminders for us to know where we came from to give him glory to where we're going to. Listen, he's not, have you ever been in that situation where, where somebody waves at you and, and you wave? And you're like kind of awkward and you look back and somebody behind you is waving at them? You're like, wasn't mad and wave. Like God is not looking past you to wave at somebody else. He's not looking for somebody else to reach your industry. He's wanting you. He's not looking for somebody else to reach your family. He's using you. He's not wanting somebody else to reach your neighborhood. He's wanting you. If you think about the 12 disciples, the 12 disciples were these misfits. They were these, these hooligans. They were these teenage yahoos that I'm sure when they came around, they're like, oh, they're back. They're going to break something again. They're going to wrestle again. They're going to get in a, an argument about who's the greatest again. You know, that's, that's who these, these, these disciples were. But guess what? God chose 12 misfit teenagers to change the entire world who were not qualified even it goes on to say, Philip and Stephen, it says they weren't educated men, but you know they had been with Jesus. He's not looking for the most qualified. He's not looking for the most educated. He's looking at the people who's had an encounter with him who just say yes. It's all he's looking for. And I'm telling you what, you are good enough. You're absolutely good enough. And let me just tell you, for every giant you're facing, God has a solution to. You are good when I don't understand, you are good. When I don't understand, you're good. Listen, your circumstance, your issues, your trials that you're facing, your illness, your, your, your issues with finance or, or whatever it might be, your divorce or these things that you had to go through, they don't define the integrity and the goodness of God. Why? Because he's always good. We can't build a theology based on our circumstances and what we've had to go through in life because some of you have been through really cruddy things. Some of you have been through some injustices that you should have never had to go through. But the Bible says that God is loving and just. And a lot of times when I was reading that from a mindset, from a religious perspective, the way I was raised and, and a lot of legalism and stuff, I always read that as God is loving and a judge. God's loving and just, so God's loving and he's this judge, and if I'm good enough, I'll one day I'll make it into heaven. Listen, that's a slave mentality, and God's calling us up here to see great and mighty things to see from the son perspective. We no longer have to see as paupers, we get to see as princes and princesses. Loving and just means that he's not just a judge, it means he's bringing justice anywhere where there's an injustice. Let me tell you, cancer's an injustice. Untimely death is an injustice. Financial issues is an injustice. Divorce is an injustice. Let me just tell you, he's bringing love and justice. That means he's bringing heaven anywhere where there's an injustice, and he's bringing the alignment of heaven into your circumstance, into your issues, into your trials, into your history. Why? Because you are heirs of the king. You're heirs of heaven. You're heirs to a good daddy who only wants good for his sons and daughters. All we do is we just say yes. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. When worship's that good, I just get so fired up. Like, Lord, you're so good. 
There's too many orphans going around the world today who attend churches who don't think they're good enough. We're calling these structures churches, but really they're glorified orphanages because they're not teaching people who they really are. They're not leading them to an encounter with a really amazing father who's a deliverer and a prayer answerer and a healer. We're no longer orphans or slaves, so we don't have to think like that. 9 a.m. last week, I talked about major differences between orphans and slaves and children, and I didn't get to it at the 11 a.m. There's a vast difference between orphan and slave thinking and son and daughter thinking. And, and, and we no longer have to think or be like slaves or orphans. We don't have to strive or earn God's love. We don't have to do anything to perform to make him love us anymore. I don't have to clean up to take a shower just as much as I don't have to clean up to come into a church building or say a prayer or ask God into my situation. Like God is not looking for us to be perfect. God's looking just for our yes. And let me just be honest with you. His, he's more powerful than even our yes. I didn't believe in God and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with an encounter that lasted for decades now. We're moving into decades. It's been 12 years. I didn't say yes. I didn't want it. I didn't desire it. I didn't believe in it. But God. There's an and suddenly moment in each of our lives. There's an and suddenly moment in each of our situations, no matter where you're at, no matter where you came from, and no matter how long you've been there. How many are thankful for the and suddenly? For the but gods, like, but God. I was this, but God. I was an adulterer, but God. I was addicted to pornography, but God. I was a drunk, but God. I was depressed and suicidal, but God. This is my story. I was an abuser, but God. I was an unbeliever, but God. Your belief might expedite a process, but it's not required. Your faith may expedite a healing, but it's not required. I've seen many people healed who didn't have faith for it, but faith of a mustard seed with one person who's prayed a seed into their life can produce such a huge harvest. Let's move on. Verse 3, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Just a minute. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established, rooted and grounded in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge it's so what we were singing about, to know this love that per- surpasses any understanding. Like, I don't have to fathom this love. I don't have to explain it. I don't have to understand it. I just get to receive it. Yep. It says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure, here again, fullness of God. God is not wanting to stop short of lavishing you, spoiling you with his love, and revealing heaven in your life and circumstance. It says this in verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably, exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. There's one version that even includes the word dream, more than you could even dream of. I, I, I want that just to soak in for a second. Like when we're talking about being lavished with, with the love of God, 
unconditional love, agape love that we don't deserve, that we don't earn, that we, that we in our own might don't think we're worthy of. Imagine that. And then it says he'll do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask, think, or even dream of. Just receive that for a second. What does that look like? God who owns all the cattle and all the hills, whose streets are made of gold, who, who has everything, who's established the beginning from the end, who's created the entire universe and put things in alignment, will do way more than you could even dream of. Imagine that. Wow, just hold your hands out right now. Just receive that gift. Receive the gift of Jesus right now. Just receive the gift, not only of salvation, but, but life eternal and eternal life. Just receive it right now. Like God is loud. He's doing something right now in this atmosphere. He's pouring something out right now. He's pouring out this giant container of his love right now. Lord, we receive it right now. We receive the exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think of love. God, as you penetrate our hearts and our thought patterns and our minds, renewing us, Lord. Renewing our minds as we're transformed, God. Just think of that love. What does it mean to be spoiled with lavish love of God? Verse 21. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is not just a promise for you. It's a promise for your children and your children's 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 children. From generation to generation, this is a generational inheritance. All of a sudden, when I receive an identity as a son of God, through the spirit of adoption, I can cry out, Daddy! Just do that. That's refreshing, actually. Daddy! Woo! I'm a little boy with a great big dad. And I get to walk in the inheritance of heaven. I get to walk with a legal right. And I'm not, this is not a prosperity message. This is an identity message of knowing who our God is. He's so good. Wow. Wow. James 4, 1 through 3 says this. It says, what causes fights? Now, James writing this letter. There's all these fights and stuff going on. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you have, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. Have you heard that expression, you have not because you ask not? Here's the scripture behind it. You do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Let me, let me put it in this way. Psalms 37.4 says it this way. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll honor the desires of your heart. Listen, I love cars. I do. I love cars. And I'm dreaming for a Boxster S, a Porsche Boxster S, all right? And here's, here's the thing. If, I, if I'm dreaming of that and he's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ask, think, or imagine, I guess he's got a Ferrari in store for me. Now, now, here's the thing. Some of you say, well, that's materialistic and that's this. No, I'm not asking to worship a Ferrari. I just want to drive one. 
here's the thing. We get confused to think that we can want nice things and we can have a dream home or a dream trip and have these nice things. And that's so wrong because it's not, it's not money that's the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. If all of a sudden I make these things an idol and I put them before Jesus, then all of a sudden I'm worshiping a false god. But that in itself isn't an issue. A car to me is neutral. I can take it or I can leave it, but I definitely want to burn out with it. <laughs> I don't have a dream car. I, I drive around some junker that the, the heat doesn't even work right now. And I'm, I'm like driving out the window at the moment, all right? I'm going to get it worked on. But I'm dreaming of that Porsche Boxster. I'm like, oh, man. That would be amazing right now at the top down. Like, that's the thing. But, but here's the thing. I'm dreaming of things I'm delighting myself in the Lord, and I'm dreaming of these things. So he can't help but honor the desires of my heart when I'm delighting in him. Lord, if I get this dream house, let it be used for your glory. If I get this dream house, let it be used for ministry and change hearts and change lives. Let us host people. Let us, let us host ministers. Let us host meals. Let us share and break bread with your people. If I get this car, let me, let me take people for a ride and let them drive it and let them feel the power of a well-built Italian stag. <laughs> the point is this. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on those as examples. For you, it could, be, it could be anything. We can't limit God because he's a limitless God. We can't put God in a box because he's not a God that wants to be contained. He's an all-consuming fire and he's going to burn out of the box anyway. That's good. I love when those little things just come as I'm speaking. Somebody should write that one down. I'll tweet it later. <laughs> Here's the deal. Like, we have not because we ask not. Sometimes if you just want the nations, you just have to ask for them. Sometimes if you want your entire industry to be saved, you have to ask for it. Sometimes if you just want your entire family from generation to generation to generation to be saved, you just need to ask for it. The Bible says he withholds nothing for those who seek him. I'm not talking striving. It says seek. Seek. It says, knock, the door will be open, right? That's not real hard. The door's open. Let me, let me finish with this. The band can come. John 14, 13 through 14 says this. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Isn't that amazing? If you can dream it, God can do it. All you do is ask for it. You delight yourself in the Lord. He honors the desires of your heart. I'm, I'm just saying, why not you? Why not now? Why not here? Why, why not you be the next best-selling, New York Times best-selling author? Why not you have the next uh, mega hit with the Christian song that you wrote? Why not you have that invention that transforms lives and breakthroughs and medical advancement? Why not you transform an industry or a business with an idea that transforms the way we manufacture? Why not you have an idea that changes the way we even live? Why, why not you? Why, why not here? Why not now? Why, why not you be the next famous artist that, uh, that changes lives through interpretation of art? Why not? We sell ourselves short to think we're not qualified. Listen, he, he's, not looking, he's not looking for these superstars. He actually takes zeros and makes them into heroes. He takes nobodies and makes them into somebodies. 
I was a nobody firefighter who didn't believe in God. And now I'm going from nation to nation and just loving on people. But you know what my heart is coming in this next season? Just to love people and build them up. That's it. I want to receive an inheritance so I can give an inheritance. That's the difference between a son and a father. A son, it's for me. A father, I just want to give it all away. That's the difference. And I, I've had these encounters the last couple of weeks where I, I just want to build others. I want to, I want to build others and build them higher than I could ever go. Let me, let me finish with this verse. Luke 19.10 says this. And this is going into the season. And I know, like some of you have, you're facing like major issues. You're facing major circumstances. I'm talking about a portion kind of joking around, but to you it might be your marriage. It might be figuring out, you know, where's that meal coming from or where's, where's rent coming from this month. And, and I just, I just want to say that, like, you're an heir. You get to think like a prince. You don't have to think like a pauper anymore. Like, for you, there might be a real struggle going on in your heart. There might be a real struggle that you're facing. It might even be life or death. There is no challenge too great or too small for the power of God. There's no, there's no challenge too great or too small for the love of God. Like, he absolutely loves you. He sees you. He knows you. He knows your desires. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man has not come, has, I'm sorry, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Listen, I, I love that context, and it's in the New King James Version that says, that which was lost. Sometimes we, we want to go into that context and, and without breaking it down, and it, he came to seek, seek and save who was lost. It's not just who, it's also that. Like there's things that have been lost, there's things that have been stolen from you, there's purities that have been stolen, there's identities that have been stolen. You've been living in somebody else's identity, and it's a stolen identity, and it's not your own. He's awakening dreamers today. He's awakening people today to actually see themselves the way God sees themselves. He's, he's awakening something today. But some of you have lost your joy. Some of you may have, may have lost your sense of encouragement or your, your positivity. Some of you have, have, have lost this or that. But Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Not just who. He also cares about the that. David, he, he fell. He made a mistake. When men were off at war, he was sitting up on a rooftop looking at a woman and he fell. Listen, he should have been, kings should have been at war at that time and he wasn't. And his eyes began to gaze elsewhere when they weren't and gazed on his assignment with his alignment from heaven. So all of a sudden he, he loses this and he says, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. That was his prayer. Later on he wrote, he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. God cares more about just the salvation. He cares about the that. Like he cares about getting heaven into you. He cares about getting heaven into your family. He cares about getting heaven into your industry, into your community, into your city, into your street, into your home. Like he cares about the that. He's concerned with you. He, he not just loves you, he likes you. He likes you. I'm gonna give you an assignment as you leave today and I'm gonna pray for some things here and I'm, we're gonna go after some things that have been stolen and we're gonna pray for the justice of heaven to intervene today and I, I'm gonna have some specific words of knowledge and, and we're just gonna go after this 
But as, after you leave today, I want you to do something. And there's something, Habakkuk 2, he talks about the importance of writing your vision down. And I believe this. I believe one of the things that the enemies tried to steal is, is our dreams. I believe that there's been some things, even prayer requests, even, even things you've been contending for that you've even stopped praying just because there's been so long since there's been an answer. You're almost giving up hope. You're almost giving up faith. I believe God's awakening some dreams and he's awakening some things. And, and guess what? Jesus, the greatest intercessor on the planet, hasn't stopped interceding on your behalf. He's still going before you. He's still going before that situation. He's still going before your children and your grandchildren. He's still going before you. He's not giving up on what things that you've given up on. So I believe there's some things that are stirring up in, in, in God, and he's giving you permission to dream today. He's giving you permission not just to dream spiritually, but also to dream naturally. Like he's giving you permission to dream for a fun car, okay? He's giving you permission to take a dream trip or get a cabin or, or these things that only you, like it's, it's your heart. So here's what I want you to do. You're going to have homework for next week as we push into next week. And I, I want you to write down a dream list. And I'm going to share one testimony before we move on to, to, to some breakthroughs here. I, I, I want to share one testimony. I was at a friend of mine's church called Journey Church. And I was there. I was ministering to a school. And I, I had him do this, this assignment, the very thing I'm asking you. And we used to call it a bucket list. And, and it's amazing. I, I wrote down a bucket list is something you want to do before you die. And I wrote down 10 natural dreams, 10 things of like car, trip, house, with specifics. Then I did 10 spiritual. I want to see the nation of St. Lucia turn to Jesus. I want to take my entire family on a mission trip and all fly there and pray for people and see healing. I want to walk each of my daughters down the aisle when they get married. You know, those are things. And almost all of them, almost every single one of them have come to pass within a couple years. It's amazing. I, I want to share this story. I was at Chuck's church and... and I have them do this dream assignment. I come back, I'm speaking there four or five months later, and, and they're like, hey, this would be fun. He calls up four or five people. They're like, hey, let's, Aaron gave us this assignment about this dream list. Let's have some folks up here that had some dreams come true after doing this list. Now, so here's what happens. This girl comes up and she's this college girl and she's, she's be bopping around. She's so happy. She's got this, this smile that lights up a room. And, and she's like, well, Aaron had us write this list down, and one of the things, I'm in college, I go to Kenyon University, and uh, I, I've always wanted my driver's license, but I've just never really had them, and so I wrote down, I want my driver's license, and, and then I realized, well, if I have my driver's license, I kind of want a car, and he told us to be specific, so I wrote down Subaru Forester Blue, so, so here's what happens, she comes up, she's like, so, two weeks after he left, Somebody from the church came to me and said, the Lord told me to give you these. And it's car keys. And I walk out in the church parking lot, and it is a blue Subaru Forester that somebody gave me. So then she's like, so now since I had a car, I figure, well, what good's a car without a license? So now I got my driver's license too. That's God. She wrote it down, and all of a sudden, there's something powerful when we awaken dreams that lead to hope and increases our faith to say this could be possible. Every once in a while, when that jackpot, that millions, I don't, I don't really play the lottery, but I love dreaming what I would do with $100 million. And I would start to write off, man, I would buy this person a jet so they could be with their family more. I'd pay every mortgage off on every church in Miami County. I, you know, I'm, I'm going through all these
these things, right? And I'm like, I'm going through, it's fun to dream. Why? Because all of a sudden I get into a realm that I don't think is possible, but guess what? All things are possible with God. So that's your assignment today. I want you to, to, to in the next week, and maybe you get stuck and you can only do seven and nine. That's fine for now. But I want you to start with some natural. Do a few natural, then do a few spiritual. The natural dreams are going to open something up. But here's the deal. The Son of God came to seek and save that which was lost. Dreaming's one of them. Identity's one. Worth is one. Your value, you are not worthless. You are worthy. You are not insignificant. You are significant. I believe this. I believe that there's been things that have been stolen. I believe there's things that, that you're walking through. There's some issues going on. And I believe this. God's wanting to restore some things. Let me, let me just be honest with you. I think God's wanting to redeem some things. There's a difference between restoration and redemption. Re restoration brings things back to their original intent, their original thing. If I restore a 1969 Mustang, I restore it to a 1969 Mustang. But redemption means making it better than it ever was before. And God is a redeemer. He's not just a restorer. He's also a redeemer. And I think he's wanting to redeem things better than they ever were before. So your marriage is going to be redeemed to the point where better than it ever was before. Your finances are better than it ever was before. Your health, let's, let, let's ask God to redeem it to better than it ever was before. So I believe there's some specific things. So just stand with me. I'm just going to call out some stuff. Let's just go with the ones that we've heard so far. Joy. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not. We're just going to, we're going to call some out. And then whatever it is that's been stolen from you, I'm just going to have you grab it from heaven. But I'm definitely feeling joy. I believe some people have lost some joy. They've lost the fun. They've lost the excitement, the fun of doing life, of being spontaneous. And they've got stuck in just doing the mundane everyday stuff. I believe there's families that are divided. I believe there's relationships that are represented in here, whether it's a brother or a child or whatever. I believe there's some, there's tension in a family, and I think there's multiple families with this going on. And even Thanksgiving, either people, some didn't show up, or it was even awkward. And it was just like, okay, let's just try to keep the peace. I believe God's redeeming families here, not just so that you can be around each other. I'm, so, I'm talking like he's redeeming relationships to the point where you're back and love your best friends again. Like they, you want to be around each other and you want to invite each other over for cookouts and dinners and coffee. All right, I believe there's family reconciliation here today. I believe he's redeeming some marriages. I believe he's redeeming some marriages in here. I believe he's redeeming finances in here. I believe there's, there's some people in here that you really don't even know, like, how next month's going to work out. All right, he's redeeming some things. I also believe there was a promotion that was supposed to be yours, and it was almost like instead of giving it to, to who deserved it, they gave it to, like, a son, or they gave it to, like, somebody that's in the family or, or somebody that didn't really, wasn't qualified, but just walked into it, and now there's, like, destruction through that process. I just believe, like, that's your inheritance. God's going to promote you. It may not look like the way you thought it was going to look, but he's going to promote you. All right? I, I also felt back pain. Like, that's an in, pain in general is an injustice. So I, I specifically feel back pain right now. I feel left knee injury. And I'm also sensing some type of long-lasting uh, musculoskeletal stuff from a car accident. All right? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just shotgunning some of this. Okay? There's also something with, with eyes. 
whether it's um, you're having blurred vision, double vision, or just some stuff with the eyes, like God's restoring vision. Let's, let's tag off of that, and this will be the last one. He's also restoring vision for the future, okay? Not just physical vision, but also vision that you can see beyond your current circumstance to see better than it ever was before. That you can see beyond your current issue and that you can see far abundantly, exceedingly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. Okay, and he's redeeming dreamers. Awaken dreamers, awaken, dream big. Dream big, dream big, all right? So just lift your hands up from in heaven. I believe there's also some addiction going on. All right, I know I talked to a couple of you today that you're, you're free now. There's been struggles. Some of you have been celebrating some anniversaries of, of being free from even heroin and other stuff. God's freeing us and he's wanting us to be addicted to him, his love, his presence. That will fulfill any one of our desires. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull down from heaven in just a moment. I want you to pull down any injustice as I was going through today. If you feel there's an injustice in your life, in relationship, in issues, circumstances, whatever it is, we're going to pull down heaven. We're going to pull down heaven and release heaven into our circumstance, into our life, whatever it is. So just right now, just pull down heaven. This is the justice of heaven. Yeah. Just, just pull that down. I, I feel like three times the answer there. Just three times. Jesus, we thank you for the justice of heaven. I thank you for reconciliation in families. I thank you for redemption and physical healing. I thank you for redemption in relationships. I thank you for redemption in finances. I thank you for redemption in, in trials and situations, God. I thank you that you don't only restore, you redeem. I thank you right now that we will see ourselves the way you see us. I thank you right now that you are awakening our dreams. You're awakening dreamers right now. You're awakening dreamers to see capacity beyond ourselves, to see capacity even beyond what we could, our wildest dreams, Jesus. I thank you that you're awakening inventions. You're awakening ideas, God. You're awakening things. You're awakening songs and art and poetry and books, God, and innovations, God. I thank you, God. You're, you're, you're awakening entrepreneurs business owners and leaders, Jesus. I thank you that you're awakening politicians in here and doctors and nurses and teachers, God, and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, God. Thank you for awakening us to know our word. Thank you that we're going to be walking in our given, given identity, God, our divine identity, our divine nature, Jesus. Let us come to our senses. Let us be awakened and come to ourselves, Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you for the ultimate price of sending your son to demonstrate sonship and to pay the ultimate price that we may be with you forever and ever and ever. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for lavishing us with your love, for spoiling us, God, and doing far abundantly more than we could ask, think, or imagine, and saving that which was lost. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Hey. Why don't you give somebody a high five, invite somebody to lunch. Four o'clock, four o'clock, we're gonna be transforming this like little elves into Jesus Christmas land. So we'll see you at four o'clock. Pizza will be provided. We love you all. God bless you. Merry Christmas.